This is Bumping Into Walls, a show about living with vision loss, the challenges, the successes, and the day-to-day walls we all bump into. Welcome to Bumping Into Walls. I'm Jesse Tregarthen, and with me are the usual gang of co-hosts, Marianne Rochon and Anthony Hodgetts. Hello. Hey. Hi, everyone. Great to be back on the air. It is great to be back. Today, we are talking about cooking as sort of a three-year follow-up to our last cooking show. Uh, And we're going to start it off by letting Marianne go right ahead and talk about her experiences cooking. Hi, everyone. Well, my experiences with cooking are a little odd because I bought a new appliance to cook on. And this is a stove built for blind people. So there is no buttons on the front of the stove whatsoever. The dials are lower. And the elements on the top of the stove have bells on them. (laughs) So they let me know when the burner is hot, there's a certain sound. And then when I'm boiling something or cooking something, it lets me know when it's boiling strong so that I don't go and put my hand on the burner and burn myself. So I'm getting used to this stove with all these little extras, but it is pretty cool to cook on. Self-cleaning, I love it. So there is all kinds of appliances out there to help us manage our cooking skills when we are blind. And another thing I've learned is you have to have a lot of spoons handy to taste test what you're cooking because you can't see it. You can only smell what you're cooking. So therefore, I'm a big believer in taste testing everything I'm cooking when I'm standing around pots and pans. As you get older, you'll develop your own sense of touch, like as you're stirring and scooping and grabbing items. You'll learn with time when they're done, when they're still raw, when they need more cooking. And you'll obviously know if you burnt something because you'll smell it. (laughs) Or the smoke detector will go off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I never even thought of that. Or the smoke alarm will go off. And um, there is a lot of gadgets. If you know where to shop or call the CNIB in Canada, they are knowledgeable with cooking utensils, and there is a lot that you could find on the Internet as well. So it's, it's to each his own preference and what they want to use and not use. For me, I I don't really get too many gadgets because I've been cooking for, for many, many years. So it was a trial and error that I've learned over the years. I don't need these new gadgets. But someone that's just going blind, that's never cooked, if they get gadgets, then they will get better and adapt with them as time goes by. But for me, I've been cooking since I was, well, a young kid helping my mother in the kitchen. So many, many moons ago. 
So having these new gadgets is, is, is not for me. But that's not, not to say that it's not for everyone. So that's about it in a nutshell for me. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add. That stove sounded kind of intriguing. I mean, <clears throat> when you get a stove like this, what made you get it, and, and was it well, just part of the apartment, or? Well, yeah, it's part of my apartment because the last apartment I rented, they had a stove top that was glass. Oh no! And 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 and, and for a blind person, that's awful. For me, it was awful because I could never know when an element was on. Literally, I never knew. And because it's all glass and it was black, so on top of everything else, even if I did have a little bit of vision, I still couldn't see nothing. So when they asked me what type of stove I wanted in my new apartment, I said, as long as you don't get me a stove that's all glass, I'm happy. And they said, well, okay, we're going to call our people that supply the apartments, and when they told them that this tenant, being me, was blind, they offered the new line of a stove made for the blind. So, it's brand new, and it works like a charm, and I love it. And I don't know if I could go back to a regular stove with all these buttons and elements and everything else going on. Now, I think that that's amazing, because I haven't heard of such a thing before, I mean, I know that the gadgets exist, and I've heard of talking microwaves and all that sort of thing, but that sounds awesome. I think I'm coming over to your house to cook. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's called Simplicity. That's the line in the make of this stove. It's Ooh. called Simplicity. Wow. Okay, and if you check out our podcast, uh, we'll try to have a link maybe to the product uh, in the show notes yeah, okay. if you if you yeah. check out the podcast so yeah anthony have you cooked anything i haven't for quite a while but i can tell you that when i did when i was living in a dorm um the most important thing is get as much room as you can to make stuff because smaller kitchens there's just certain things you can't make in a small kitchen yeah well and i'm alone so it doesn't matter because there's just me yeah, right. but when you got three other and, guys and they leave a big old mess, and well, I just used to clean my stuff up and leave their crap behind, and they used to get so mad at me, and I'm like, well, clean your own dishes, guys. Yeah. And you knew they were going to do it when mom and dad were coming. All of a sudden, there was this mad scramble, and I said, why can't you guys do this stuff every day? Yeah. But whatever, they were young guys like me, so. True, true. I mean, it was... And, and the one thing I've also discovered is microwaves can also kind of be a savior for those who are just learning how to cook because you don't have to worry about pots and that type of well, thing. Well, that's you put... true. You might not have to worry about pots per se, but you still have to worry about what type of, well, whatever you're putting in the microwave, what is it in? Yeah, don't is put it, metal in uh, there or it's going to well, spark Well, that's the thing. Your... If you're not sure what you're putting in the microwave, is it got metal on it? Is it is it a, a, a porcelain bowl that's got gold or silver oh, trim on it? Oh, you won't know that. Those are bad for the microwave. I learned that the hard way. And and as for, you know, like sort of the subject on, on microwaves and, and everything, um, 
you know, last time we did the cooking show, I wasn't really, really cooking at all. And I've sort of been, been learning how to do that now. Uh, but you know, there are like some different things out there that can make things easier to cook. Uh, I just, uh, purchased an air fryer. Oh, those and... are handy. Yes. And, and, and you'll eat healthier mm-hmm. if you have the air fryer. But I mean, yeah. all I've Good done one. in it so far is fries. Um, <laughs> But you know, you it's, start somewhere. it's just convenient. I mean, you put it in, you close it. I don't have to worry about anything being super hot or anything. You know, I'd really like to try bacon in there because you're always worried about the the bacon splatter, and yeah. it just seems like a really foolproof kind of safe way to and and like you said, healthy way to to cook things, especially yes, for a, a bachelor like me. <laughs> and you'll appreciate it as you get better at using your air fryer. You can dry out fruits in it. Oh, wow. Like bana- bananas, apples, pears, mm. uh, whatever, you know, apricots, orange. Uh, you'll be able to dry out all kinds of fruits so that you can snack on that all day long till the cows come home. Huh, I didn't even think about that. Then you have the George Foreman Grill. Best thing in the world my grandparents ever had. You could take a burger or two, put it in there, and all the grease goes in this little tray thing and now i don't know how accessible they are for a totally blind person i wouldn't think they'd be too bad but uh, i've i've heard a lot of blind people rave about how they uh use them when you're buying spices it may be a good idea to check in the spice area to buy different lids that you can either snap on or unscrew and screw on the container so that you don't have, you know, like Montreal steak spice with the huge, huge holes, and every time you shake it, you get too much that comes out. Mm, exactly. That is a, that's a good point because I've, uh, so I especially I've hate learned... working with Parmesan. Every time I use yeah. Parmesan, it's like a, I don't know. So I've learned that when I'm in the kitchen and when I'm in the aisle of, kitchen appliances i always ask them to bring me to wherever section they have uh additional gadgets that you can buy to use with what you're got going on and a lot of these places will have toothpick holders napkin trays uh uh you know dispensers for this and that and you can buy the extra lids so that when you take your Montreal steak spice, you t- you untwist and take the cap off, but the little inserted holes are so big, you don't want that there. So you pop that off, and the one you bought that's smaller, you pop on, and there you go. Or you just go to a store that specializes in culinary and spices, and they'll have every lid known to mankind for jars and containers and whatever. So that's another that's, thing. That's a good tip. When you buy large containers, check the size of the holes on the container because if you don't know it, you'll open it, you'll give one shake, and you've got two inches of spices on whatever you're cooking when you didn't want that much to begin with. So that's exactly. the only good thing. Well, I'm glad we were able to sit down for this chat. Now we're going to go over to a real live cooking demo of me, who doesn't know how to cook very well. 
and my friend Terry, uh-huh. who is teaching me how to cook, uh, where we make a French toast casserole in the oven. Interesting. This will be fun, guys. I'm going to come to Jesse's right. house to eat lunch. <laughs> All right. See you after the break. See you guys. This is Bumping Into Walls on CJSW 90.9 FM. Welcome to Bumping Into Walls cooking segment. I'm here with Terry uh, to tell us about what we're making today. All right, Jesse, we are going to make French toast casserole and we're actually going to have it for supper. So we're having breakfast for supper tonight. Which means that um, uh, we have people who will tell us if it doesn't turn out well for accountability, I guess. And if they do that, I ain't cooking no more. <laughs> so There you go. We're going to start out. Jesse is going to be doing some of the mixing and whisking. Uh-oh. So, Jesse, I'm going to get you first to get me a quarter cup of white sugar in this lovely bowl. Okay. And this is the quarter cup here. Okay. And the sugar is over on the counter by the coffee maker. Okay. And in the meantime, I'm going to cut up. Uh, well, I just used some old bread and some hamburger buns um, and cut them up into cubes, kind of, sort of, or even just rip into little pieces. And then going to cut them up into a bowl about the size of a French loaf. And then we're going to put it into a 9 by 13 square pan, which you are going to uh, spray with some spray so that the French toast and the egg don't stick to the bottom. Awesome. Got that, Jesse? Yeah, and I've got the sugar in. Got the sugar. Okay, so now I'm going to be, get me a teaspoon. Like just a standard teaspoon? Just, yeah, small one. Teaspoon, not a tablespoon. And so in the egg mixture so far, we've got a quarter cup sugar. And now to it, we're going to add a teaspoon of cinnamon, if I can get the bag open. Oh. Maybe not, maybe so. Do you have a teaspoon? Yep. Let me see. I made the mistake of using yep. that bag of cinnamon once to have cinnamon toast. And ended up with mostly bare toast go. and cinnamon all over the counter. Hmm. Here's your spoon back. So just put your spoon into this bag. Make sure you dump it in the bowl. You don't miss. Okay. I, I'm a trouble person. I do not measure very well. I'm just like, yeah, it looks good. Well, it doesn't even look good because I can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> there you go. And Okay, done. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get him to do the, the, the fun part. Uh-oh. I got a dozen eggs here. And he's going to crack six eggs into the bowl. And only the eggs, I don't want the shell in the bowl. Now I got this recipe from my dear daughter in when I went to Texas. And she made this for me, and I'm like, oh my god, us blind people, this is the cat's meow as far as I'm concerned. We don't have to 
fool around with putting bread, dipping bread into a bowl and then having it break up in your hands and then trying to put it into a frying pan and and then try and figure out how to flip it. Now, some people might like it, but I like the lazy way. Or maybe it's even the easiest way. And we're going to do it as casserole in the oven. Now, in the meantime, Five, six, I seven, am eight. going to try and find the Pam and spray my... Where is Pam? Oh, there's Pam. Uh, spray my casserole dish. Now, I'm doing a little bit bigger casserole dish because you know, this is delicious as leftovers. Okay, got my, my actually, I'm using, uh, I'm just using a loaf of bread that wasn't cut. <laughs> I'm going to dump it into my casserole dish. And I probably got too much, but hey, you know. That's okay. Okay, I'm trying to dump it in the casserole dish, but I got it everywhere. But my casserole dish is actually pretty darn full. Mm. But hopefully once we get the uh, liquid in, it might hopefully hopefully push it down a bit or i've just way too much bread uh -oh. okay. so we'll see <laughs> i'm going to give you the whisk so you can start to stir up okay. your stuff but we still need to put in a cup and a half of milk okay so i start whisking first yeah do you want to pour the milk um <laughs> No. Gee, that just sounds like an awful idea. <laughs> so they say to use whole milk. Um, I'm using 2% just because <laughs> whole go. milk is pretty, pretty thick. I'm going to add some nuts, uh, about a half cup of walnuts to your, your, uh, your mix or your bread. Just sprinkle them into your bread. You can do mm -hmm. it that's on the top, or you can, you know. Um, I took out some of the bread, and I'm going to put some of the nuts in the pan with some of the bread right now. Okay. And just, you know, kind of move it all over the pan and get them everywhere. Boy, this better turn out, or I'm going back to Texas. <laughs> How are you doing over there? We're doing good. I got mm -hmm. some help with the whisking and switched to a fork because, I don't know, that's how I've always done it and it's easier. Jesse's a, you know, heavy-duty whisker and you'll have it everywhere. Pretty much. <clears throat> you should maybe start him outside when he's whisking. <laughs> or in the bathtub. I've got some frozen blueberries to put in it as well. Again, like I said, you can put whatever you want in your casserole. You know, the first I time I made a casserole, I was pretty amazed by, uh, you know, the kind of the freedom it gives you. Yes, there is a lot of freedom to a casserole. So I'm adding blueberries, probably about a cup. Um, I just took them out of the, the freezer a little while ago so they'd start to thaw a bit. Ooh, are they ever cold? I think I got more than a cup here, so I'll have to put some back, but I think um, I would love to do with bananas, but I don't have any bananas today. 
Mm. But French toast with peaches. Or there's enough. I've done French toast with peaches. Uh, my mother used to do it with apples. Yeah, you could even um, add if you want. Probably could just do it with applesauce. Be a little mushy though. Mm, yeah. Maybe all there's right. a way. Alright. So that's all those ingredients. So now this might get a little messy. I'm not sure who's gonna. Maybe we should do it on a cookie sheet because we need to pour. Oh hi. We need to pour the mixture over the bread, which is which is quite full. Now I've got to put the other bread back back on top. Just Okay. Oh, that's my foot. Oops. Jesse just lost his toes. Um. So I'm gonna put. Some of the bread back on the top. Okay. I think. So while Terry's doing that, the recipe is called French Toast Casserole. It takes 40 minutes to cook at 375. Your ingredients are one large loaf of French bread. Or any any French, any uh, bread that you might have around the house. Um, apparently, and I would like to try this maybe someday, my daughter said you could use like, uh, you know, those cake donuts with the um, cinnamon on the top or the white white sugar. Mm. Uh, that might be really tasty. Mm. I, I'd use raisin bread. <laughs> so back to the ingredients. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Half chopped nuts, five large eggs, one and a half cups whole milk. Or a quarter much. cup white sugar, zesty orange optional, half teaspoon cinnamon, half teaspoon salt optional. Whoops, I used mm -hmm. a teaspoon of cinnamon, so that's you. okay. And thank you. So while we get the liquid into our or onto our bread, um, it also has a bit of a topping to it, which is brown sugar. A little bit of cinnamon and butter. Now in my fridge, I managed to find some um, maple butter that we're going to try and use and see how that turns out. Mm. And then you just sprinkle it on tight on top like you would doing a crumble. Mm. Yeah, so it's going to be a bit sweet. If you don't want it that sweet, you can always just cut some of the ingredients down. Oh, we're not going to use that. We're going to use that. So Jesse's going to get his little, little hands dirty again. <laughs> oh, that was the other comment I was going to make, which is that uh, we could have done orange zest, but we're just not. No. So we're going to, what did you do with my misery? Because it's only supposed to take a very little bit, but I'm going to play it around with it a little bit here. And There's the measuring cups. I'm going to use uh, probably a quarter cup brown sugar. And then we're going to add butter until it's like 
crumbly, not three tablespoons uh, brown sugar. Yeah, it's probably about right. Um, so it's a little okay. bit crumbly, like a crumble top instead of lick. They want it liquid. Mm. I kind of, I kind of miss that with Celine. <laughs> so we'll just have to play with it a little bit. You can play with it if you decide to make it at home. I'll tell you, it's pretty darn tasty. In order, uh, because we can't see it cooking in the oven, um, in order to make sure it's done, you can kind of feel it and it should bounce back almost like a cake. Okay. Or if you have a, uh, like a, what do you call those, wooden bamboo shish kebab stick. Skewer. Skewer, stick it in, and if it comes out dry, she's cooked. <laughs> if it comes out a little wet, you might want to cook it for an extra couple minutes, but try not to burn it. <laughs> That's always my big thing. Try not to burn it. Is there anything else you need to add to this? Uh, no. So we need a sucker to spread it out on the bread, right? <laughs> Jesse, you just volunteered yourself. Oh, man. It just sprinkles it on oh, the top. Goody. Right? And if there's not enough, we can always add more. All right, so um, I don't think our oven is quite ready yet. I heard it beep. Oh, did it? Okay. So we're gonna put this baby in the oven to cook for about 40 minutes. All right, Jesse. well, we took our casserole out of the oven after 40 minutes. Uh, our eye person, Daryl, took uh, a long knife and stuck it in and it came out nice and clean. But we found that we got a problem. We added way too much bread. So instead of layering the pan like I did, you only have to put one layer in the bottom. And then you add your walnuts and your fruit, top it with your topping, and in the oven it goes. So, how did it taste, Jesse? It tasted pretty darn good. Uh, I think we all enjoyed it. And it was nice having the, the berries in there, and it was good and sweet. Even his 40-year-old had two servings. Mm -hmm. He's never had that before in his life. And then, after all that sugar, we sent him to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but we now have enough left over for tomorrow for breakfast. Exactly. So it's a little hit and miss, but it was a pretty good first attempt on our part. Mm hmm A learning experience. And it is a multi-purpose dish. I mean, you could technically eat it for dinner or dessert or breakfast or... And we were discussing if we, you know, if you pre-cook bacon, you could, you know, put bacon chunks in it or pre-cook your sausages and throw it in. And then you got a, you know, a one-dish... Um, one dish dish. <laughs> Less dishes for Jesse to do, in other words. Exactly. But yeah, it turned out pretty good. Look, to me, a little sweet. I'm not used to having sugar in my egg mixture, but everybody's tastes are a little different. So give it a try. Yeah, and don't be afraid to mess with it a little bit and see what you come up with. And, uh, also, thank you to Daryl for his eyes, and 
we'll be back again. Excellent. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Bumping Into Walls. Bumping Into Walls is produced, edited, and co-hosted by Anthony Hodgetts, Jesse Trigarthen, and Marianne Rochon. Find us on the CJSW webpage to listen to more of our past shows. Or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.